Whether you're dealing with does in heat and bucks in rut, the winter blues, the marathon of kidding season in the spring, or show season in the summer, Nate Funk and John Kane of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, are with you every step of the way, bringing you interviews from various breeders, judges, and others from all over the country. We're always covering the latest ad good news and covering topics to help make us all better dairy goat breeders. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime over here, Nate Funk. How's it going, brother? Pretty good. Pretty good. And you? I'm doing all right. You know, um, prepping for how, the How are things on the farm? <laughs> things are good on the farm. Uh, today, we uh, trimmed some hooves again on the bucks. and Very important and, this time of year. Oh, yeah, especially Vasquez because his hooves just grow so fast. It's ridiculous. Well, and um, we have a buck collection coming up next week. Yeah, so I wanted to make so sure. So that's very important to trim the buck's hooves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we did that, and we cut a tree down on our property that is like kind of overhanged our uh, dry lot. So I had to take down the fence and then you know, cut down the tree and split some wood and well, by the time that was all said and done, uh, you know, my father-in-law cleared out all the wood and stuff with his machine, and I got the uh, hot wire up tonight, and that was a pain, <clears throat> but we got it done, and uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm just kind of on like uh, just easy mode right now. Um, I'm getting ready. This weekend's the kickoff for our home games for our hockey team, so. Uh, with COVID, like everywhere else, we're a little bit shorthanded. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'm just preparing myself for that onslaught of uh, working till midnight, hopefully just till midnight and not later <laughs> for three oh, nights goodness, in a row. I can't then... imagine. <clears throat> yeah, it's not. It's it's fun. It's a. It, I love my job, um, but this time of year is like this is like the kickoff of my crazy season. Uh, really, when kidding season hits, that's when it's like my slow time of year for work because that's when all which the sports is, end. The which is why you is. plan all of your kiddings to be once things slow down. Usually, yes. This year, I'm probably going to hate myself for it, but we bred uh, Mary Mac to have kids uh, February 15th. Yeah. So, well, um, that'll, that'll give you yeah. what? That'll give you an immediate kid? Yes. Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's part of our topic. (laughs) Yeah. Our topic this week is the 80, 40 pound rule. um, And we'll get to that. Uh, How's your week going, dude? Uh, Pretty good. Um, Oh, goodness. It's been crazy. Uh, You know, we we worked on stuff around the farm last weekend. And it's been kind of because of the procedure the surgery i'd had uh there was a weight limit that kind of got lifted up a little bit higher um today um nice but what ends up being is you know i get to stand there like okay we're gonna change the brakes on the truck okay honey uh do this that bolt there turn it like this do that pull that off you know and i get well it is i feel horrible for 
I really well, do think I, it's I'm like just, <laughs> following your I, directions. It, she must be like, uh Oh yeah, and she was because <laughs> you know when when you do it yourself, you 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 look at something like, oh, you I should do this, and your brain goes, no, you should do that. Oh, do it like this, and it all happened like snap, you know. And yeah. when you're trying to tell someone else to do it, you verbalize all that. Do it like this. No, no, no. Wait, don't do that. Do it. Like, no, don't do it. Do oh, it, man. She's and, and she's a, ready. A By the time we were done, she was ready to wrap. I think the tire iron around my neck and uh, strangle me. Nice. nice. Um, yeah. So um, today, you know, that weight limit got lifted up quite a bit. No, there's really very little that I mean, I, I would still have issues with carrying and feeding and stuff, but um, beyond that. Um, you know, I can do most everything. Um, you know, we chores are great. Our doughs are all due. <laughs> the ones who haven't been bred are all due, due to cycle this weekend. Nice. We didn't plan it this way. It just happened. It lasts about 21 days ago. Now, probably about 19 to 20 days ago. They all just suddenly like, Woke up in the morning, like we're all gonna cycle together. <laughs> so we'll to, get in. I, I was gonna say I have to look at my dates because I'm sitting here all week. Like, why aren't you guys cycling? Like, I know gems not due until another week and a half, but I, I thought, thought yours that, cycled I, just after ours. Yeah, like, maybe like a I, few I, days. I mean, you, you may be could, like middle of next week could be i can't remember um i'd have to look back at my calendar but i've been looking and i'm like man what this is you know i mean come on girls and of course the oh, guernseys are all in heat so they're i'm like yeah not not this year ladies <laughs> and with all their hair they look like little like lab or uh, golden retrievers with their with their tails <laughs> wagging because it's just all hair flying around i'm like oh you're so cute <laughs> sweetest little things um oh how was your uh week with uh trying to lose some condition for nationals well so you know my uh excess flushing has uh reduced a little bit um you know i uh i'm nearing one of those minor personal goals i set i'll say it you know i i started off back i started off i kind of got a running start versus you and kurt and everybody else yeah you went and got surgery yeah well and before all that i lost you know 12 pounds mm -hmm. um so um, that doesn't count kurt and i have already stated that does not yeah, count yeah no i know i know i already lost <laughs> this week i lost a couple pounds but it's like i'm taking it slow um, and I haven't until today. I haven't been really been allowed to like go walking, go hiking, you know, exercise at all. So mm -hmm. today I really kind of get cleared for that. So we'll see how that goes as far as being able to get back to normal hiking. Um, cool. So, um, you know, but no, it's it's going well. And you? Well, I've not touched a single diet coke since I started, which is huge for me. Uh, I used to drink in excess of anywhere from eight to 10 cans a day. Um, wow. Yeah. So I've been drinking tons of water. 
uh, and as such have been going to the bathroom a lot more uh, <laughs> because my body's not used to it. Are and okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Keep going. Oh. And I've been eating really healthy. I uh, have not had, I've had one slice of bread since I started and, you know, some salads have had a few croutons in it. Um, but besides that, I mean, I've been crushing salads, been having eggs in the morning, uh, mornings that I can't make eggs. I'll have like a granola bar or something and or a banana. And then in the evenings, it's been, I mean, we've been living on grilled chicken, ground turkey. Uh, last night, I made like sloppy, a healthy sloppy joes uh, with like fresh peppers and onions and all that good stuff. And tonight I had tuna fish on top of salad, and it was great. We we we're going with the portions thing because I used to eat. I'll Same. Admit, I used to eat these huge portions, um, but t- tonight we uh, we actually indulged a little bit with a bit of poutine. Um, but we did. Oh, big, I miss we, potatoes. Stop. We, we we did big salad on the side. And then, like, uh, uh, tried to do reasonable portion of, of poutine. The kids indulged themselves, but uh, no, um, you know, I, I'm going a different. It sounds like you're doing the the low carb route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to control portions. Um, you know, find out what it, actual a serving is and try to stick to that. Um, but yeah. you know what? Dude, I'm I'm telling you, when when I hit the height of... Go ahead, yeah. You mentioned the water. And I I actually read this, and I'd have to find it. But drinking the water, um, it picks up all all those impurities and stuff in your body. And yeah, quite frankly, you're peeing a lot. It gets that stuff out. You know, oh yeah, it it's definitely cleanses you out. You, it cleanses you out. You know, people. Oh, I I did a cleanse diet. Well, drinking a lot of water will do that. Um, I I've actually my thing is I've been limiting my coffee intake. Actually, I used to drink coffee like nonstop all day. It the coffee pot would get turned off about now at night, and <laughs> um, now I do the equivalent of about two cups of coffee in the morning and then the rest of the day is water um and it's crazy drinking the water throughout the day i end up as awake with the water as i would with a caffeine from soda or coffee i don't yeah, know if you have i actually that. well i'm finding that i have more energy now just because i'm not eating a ton of crap Uh, You know, eating out all the time and also uh, my body's not running on carbonated drinks. Right. Yeah. Uh, So I find that. um, But I was going to say, dude, just wait until the height of my sports season happens when I've got (laughs) three or four sports happening at the same time. Tierney's going to love it because she's going to have ripped skinnyish John again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've already had to get a, a smaller belt. I know I've lost weight. I just haven't weighed myself yet. I so. I do on a nightly basis, but that's just because I'm uh, again I'm a numbers guy. That's neurotic. That's neurotic. Nope. I get I, depressed. I, I 
I'm a numbers guy. I and it helps me be accountable. Um. So whatever it takes to be accountable, be accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you so, think we should uh, rip into this feed bag for the week? Yeah, well, feed up, man. All right. So this one comes from Brian, and he asks, "What are recorded grades and experimentals, and why are they shown?" Uh, you want to start it off, bud? So a recorded grade is there is one parent. The way I understand it is there is one parent of unknown. One parent, grandparent, or great-great-grandparent, there's something in that animal's lineage that's unknown. Um, And then you grade up, meaning, okay, if you say animal A um, is, you know, has an unknown sire, and you can't determine it, and so that the... You can still register that animal if you know the dam. Um, it presumed that that if the dam is American, that that animal is fifty percent whatever the breed is of that American. Now, if she if the dam is a grade or an experimental, then it gets muddled a little bit there. But you can mm-hmm. grade up to American, so it's a recorded grade. You're grading up. Okay, an experimental. The way I understand it is the lineage is known on both sides of dam and sire. You know that the sire is this and the dam is this, and you can trace back, back. Right. Okay. And that's the way I read it. Um, do you agree, John? Yeah. So experimental is like I have some in my herd. Um, my one doe gem, her dam was 50%, Nubian 50%. Uh, Oberhasley, and then was, was bred to an Oberhasley, so then Jem was, uh, for the sake of Adga math, 75%, Oberhasley, 26%, Nubian, and, you know, her daughters are even more Oberhasley, and then eventually American uh, for her granddaughters, but <clears throat> um, with recorded grades or grades, you know, a lot of times those are animals that aren't Nigerian dwarves because Nigerian dwarves cannot be, are not allowed in the uh, recorded grade uh, book. Uh, right. But they're those animals that say you don't know who their sire is. Um, they can be, if they look sonin um, and you know who the dam is and the dam's registered, you can register them uh, native on appearance or no, a grade no, 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 no. is a grade. Uh, if you have an animal that you buy, say, from some guy down the road that doesn't have registered stock, uh, and he's got, they also are Sonnens, um, you can have a member write a letter uh, saying that this animal looks like a Sonnen, and they can be registered as a native on appearance Sonnen. Yeah, I, there might be a form for that, too, that they have to sign, but I, I it's been a while since I've yeah. had anyone ask me. But I know like that. another member has to sign off on that. Yes, yes, it does. And they asked me an ad member. Yep. Um, um and then and then those can be graded up. So well, yes. And the other part of the question is, uh, and why are they shown? Uh and it's really 
just another herd book, right? So you've got all these recorded grades and experimentals in this herd book uh, that some of them are really nice and you want to see them do well uh, in the show ring and the recorded grade classes uh, specifically for that. Um, and that could be a uh, quite a competitive class. It's the most competitive class. I, you, get, you can tell me otherwise, but it's not right. It, <laughs> it, it, well, you, you get these animals that have may have some, you know, maybe the size of the sun and and, and the memory of an you know alpine and the dariness of uh, Nubian and you know you know the you know that structure of a tag and you know yeah and you know super goat basically you can ha- i mean i have seen some classes grade classes where it's like okay you know um but i have seen some really really stellar animals in the greater experimental classes um, yeah i've i compete in the recorded grade class uh as i have two in my herd and it's it's fun it's it's really competitive and hard you know especially with the Oberhasli type it's uh tough sledding but it's really fun and uh it's gonna be interesting when i have those 50 percent Oberhasleys and 50 percent guernseys uh it'll be interesting to see how they do well i think that's where when an animal like that gets its permanent championship or any, I mean that that says something. That's really kind of a a doggy dog, you know, kind of breed. It's it's a tough breed to show in, and it's really competitive, and it can be a lot of fun to show in those. Um, the mm-hmm. other things I'd be willing to bet if you uh would could get a report on best in show, so ROA ROAs would have to get processed first. Um, but if you could get a report on the breeds that won uh, best in show the most across the country, I would be willing to bet you'd find the recorded grade mm. were up there. The recorded grade experimentals would probably be up there with the Alpines and Lanches and the Tog. Maybe. I haven't seen... I don't think I saw it at all this year uh, at any shows I, w- I was at. But well, you uh, went you to some, maybe, maybe. There was some really good competition at some of those shows. Um, I think there's always good competition, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, well, yes. Um, so I, I, I think the answer is why are they shown? It's another herd book. It's um, why can't some of those does also earn a permanent championship? Right. Um, or. You know, you know, there are even those who are asking, why can't some of those experimental bucks? Well, I was just so going to another topic that. for another time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, really nothing there that says they can't, but I digress. Um, so it's, it's a fun one to show. And I really think, um, you know, just, or even to just watch because you sit there and it's not best in show lineup but you may have a sanin type in with a nubian type in with a la mancha type with an over type and that's mm-hmm. 
then it's like, well, what did you like about that one? And nine, what do you think that one's strengths are going to put it over that one? And you have a whole breed. So you have, you know, junior kids, senior kids, intermediates, you know, uh, senior yearlings, milking yearlings. You can, and it's fun. And it's also fun to see breeders who are working through and uh, grading up within that within a breed through the experimental yeah you know there's a number where they'll they might purposefully mix you know bring in a alpine or a sonnen or a la mancha to help grade up over high laser or or maybe they're looking to get some size on on a tog or something it's kind of interesting to watch it Um, is it's fun so Anyway, let's move on. Adga yeah. News. <clears throat> Thanks, Brian, for that. Uh, Adga News. Bidip, 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 bidip. It's another slow week, folks, but we have some stuff here. Uh, Executive Director Lance Gerlach sent out an update email uh, this week, and paper applications for registrations are in April, so they process stuff into April. Uh, not very far from March, but hey, it's we're out of March and into April. Uh, I guess it's further later. than February. Yeah, exactly. Uh, online registrations are just about caught up to current, so if you're registering anything online, uh, it won't take you long at all to receive those registrations. Hopefully, if you're sending in one registration, you're only receiving one registration and not a couple like some people have. I, um, I do have something else to add in on this one here. Okay. Uh, and if you're having trouble <clears throat> registering an AI animal, um, you know, they're telling you that the sire's DNA or collection is not on file, uh, contact your director. That's yes. a, an issue that has recently come up uh, this week. Uh, or actually, it's not come up this week, but it's. I, I was noticing a lot of people were discussing it this week uh, mm-hmm. as being an issue that was not being labeled as an issue, but it's there. You know, um, so again, if you have an animal that you can't get registered because the ad is telling you the DNA is not on file and it was an AI breeding, contact your director. Um, yep. And if your director won't help you, I hate saying this, find one that will. All right, moving on. Uh, this was kind of interesting. I, I personally uh, sent out an email out to our executive director, Lance Gerlach, uh, re- regarding uh, NG and issues within it. And he did actually write me back. It was like a week later or something, but he wrote me back. And uh, basically he said it will be discussed at convention, which the directors are having a Zoom meeting. I believe I saw it was on the 12th or 13th uh, yep. to discuss NG and, and some issues. Um, so hopefully uh, we get some answers soon at convention. In, in in saying that there's going to be Zoom meeting, that's a Zoom meeting that people can sign in and watch, right? Or are you saying that directly? No, no. no the I'm just want to clarify for li- the listener. <clears throat> no, when I first saw that post, I was thinking that as well at yeah, first. Yeah, well, th- me too. Uh, but it's a Zoom meeting for just the directors to meet, and they'll either report back or it's just probably more of an informational thing for conventions so they can make some wise choices. Uh, hopefully, be able um, to have maybe they can have a heads up before they get there. 
Right, so they're not blindsided. That's what I'm thinking it's about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on from that, with top 10 performers lists coming out. Uh, the preliminary which, list. The this preliminary the final list. list. Right. It supposedly comes out. Did it already come out, or is it coming out next week? The preliminary list, uh, people who, who may have had animals on it or were on DHI uh, received the preliminary list this week. Okay, mm-hmm. and then was people you know because we're on milk test. We we got a copy of it, mm-hmm. and um, you're supposed to make sure that it's accurate, and then any errors you're supposed to contact them, and you know they'll make those changes or they should make those changes. Okay, so yeah, so it's um, probably coming out next week, right? So it's it's not that the final list is out; it's the preliminary right. list, but. There are people who are on uh, milk test and you know weren't on top ten, and they got the top ten list anyway. Which is normally you'd only get the get it if you had somebody on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. this year it got sent to nearly everybody. Okay, well, um, is what it is. Anyway, so with that, there's been some noise online of members across ADGA questioning the validity validity of some of those records. Um, now, it's pretty obvious that the system does have its own flaws, like every system, uh, but I want to hear your thoughts real quick, Nate. We're not going to sit on this too long, um, but what are you thinking about that? Oh, goodness. Okay, so, you know, I've seen the post. I, I've read a lot of you know, people's comments and it really kind of my thought is, is this, that people are, are really kind of coming down to, uh, saying people are cheating throughout this. And I guess my thought is if you think somebody's cheating, give us the proof, step forward, contact someone in director, say this person's cheating on the DHI. You want to bring some more validity to the whole thing? Start saying who's cheating. And if they're cheating, show the proof. If they aren't cheating, they're going to turn around and say, "This is these are my records. These are what's happening. Here, come look. Okay. Um, I and, don't know if it's easy as that, bro. Oh, I, I think it, it is. If you've, if you've got proof of cheating, come come forth with proof of cheating. If you don't have proof of cheating and you're just kind of saying you're cheating, you can't be, that dog can't be. One of the things I saw was someone's like, I looked at the bloodlines on this doe and she can't be on the top 10. She can't be producing that. I, that, and that's kind of like, okay, you know, with proper management, um, and good selection of, of bloodlines. Okay, so the bloodlines may not have the numbers. I'm going to tell you, we had a lot of does who didn't have numbers behind them when we first started. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we're on milk test, and we raise the animals, we feed them properly, we treat them properly, we give them the exercise. And if they're able to produce those volumes, they do. 
Is every doe going to be on a top ten? No. Okay. I, I think you you're taking it like a little personal. I don't. I'm not think. I'm not saying. I'm not speaking for these these people that are just crazy on the internet. Uh, but I will. I can see where they're coming from, and I know where you're coming from. There are people that most certainly have animals that are definitely capable of being on that top ten list. I mean, you do. Uh, other people I know do, uh, and that's through proper husbandry and management and lineage, right? Uh, so there are people that are valid on that list, but I, I'm sure that there are people that definitely fudge some of those numbers. Um, I'm not going to point out names and honestly, I don't care to get into that. Uh, but I, I do see where there are opportunities for those that may want to get on top of that list, but don't have the lineage or the animals to get them there. Um, not saying that they may not, they have terrible animals, but I just don't think that they're top 10 animals. Um, so I think it does happen, Nate, and I, I'm sure you, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, positive you can agree with me. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm not saying um, that someone probably hasn't done it. But saying that the whole program is, is, uh, is flawed because of it, I, I, mean, I disagree with that. Well, if there's, if there's people that uh, have done it in the past or doing it now, uh, then, yeah, the system's flawed, Nate. So <laughs> if they're so, able to get on that top ten list, they're flawed. It's a flaw. So is our show system. Right. Uh, everything can be flawed. Um, <laughs> I just think it's it's silly to think that oh no it's not happening. It, oh, if it is happening, it's not happening. What I'm saying is, if many. you've got proof, if you've got proof in, in that it that pe- that you know people are cheating, bring forth the proof. And what's Adgood gonna say? They're probably gonna say, okay, great. Um, where do we go from here? They're going to say, oh, you need to write a formal complaint and go through that process, which That's I know people that have to. gone through this process for a year. Who's going to want to sit there and hold that tiger tail for a year? Not me. And, and then, you know, most of the time when people hear, oh, you, you got to send in 25 bucks or whatever it is for this, for this complaint process. Uh, most people are going to go, it's not worth my time. I have other things that I need to do. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that ADCA should look at this program and see where they can better it um, and and go from there. I think there's always going to be opportunity for people to fudge numbers, uh, no matter how they try to doctor the system. Uh, and right now, I'm sure Adga's like, well, we have bigger, way bigger fish to fry. So uh, we, we we're not going to have worry way about bigger that. fish to fry. But as far <clears> as, <throat> as this goes, um, I think that the I would say the majority of the people who are on those lists worked hard to get there. I'm not I'm not taking that away and, from them. And, and but what what does bug me is um, then people casting shade on those people who've worked so hard to get there by going, it's a flawed system. There's no validity in those numbers. 
people don't look at no numbers when they're trying to buy does for production herds. You know, that it's, if they don't want to look at those numbers at production herds, then what are they going to look at? They're not going to look at the fact that the doe went grand champion in three rings at this last show. They're going to look at the doe herself and evaluate her in a good old fashioned way. Say, I want that doe for my herd, my production herd. Am I right? I mean, honestly, a lot of what we do holds nothing other than only holds the water in which we put in it. Right. You know, I could say the same thing about linear. I could say the same thing about the show ring or even, you know, beloved nationals. The whole thing is flawed. Well, I don't know if it's all flawed. I, everything has its flawed, but to say that it's just the whole system's flawed might be a little much. Um, but I do think that there's room for improvement with milk test and DHI. And uh, maybe it's about time that somebody grabs a couple different people that are uh, on the list or a couple people that are passionate about milk tests like you and uh, come together and try to come up with ideas to present to uh, the DHI uh, board or whatever they are. Um, and uh, see, yeah, committee. Thank you. And see if there's a way to improve and then they can bring it to the directors and uh, try to try to make it better. Um, just my two cents. I, I saw it online and it was very heated. I did not get into it because it, A, I'm not on milk test and B, I, it, it has no effect on me whatsoever. Um, if those people want to think what they think, that's great. Um, but I'm just going to sit over here and uh, watch. <laughs> I don't have I a horse say, in the race. As one who, who is on milk test, I will tell you, trying to find a tester in central New York is like pulling teeth. Pulling sure. teeth out of a tiger without you, without anesthetic. Okay. Um, it is near impossible to get anyone willing to come to the farm to do it. So. And that's what pre- prevents a lot of people in central New York from being on milk test. Um, so it's not easy. So when you do find someone who's willing to do it, you go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, like I said, I'm not putting down the people that are on the list. I'm not putting down the people that milk test. I know it's very expensive uh, and it's very time consuming. I've, how many times have we, spoken to Jessica Miller and she's it's like one, two in the afternoon. She's like, Oh, I just got done AM uh, with my AM milking for milk tests. And it's like, Oh, okay. Have fun. <laughs> so, I mean, I get, it takes a lot of time and dedication. I'm not taking it away from those people. Uh, I just saw it on, on the old interwebs and thought that that was uh, an interesting take by some. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to our topic and hopefully it sure. doesn't get you all riled up like you are now? Try it. <laughs> all right. Well, this week we're talking about the 80 pound rule, or if you're a Nigerian dwarf breeder, 
the 40 pound rule. So Nate, what is the 80 pound rule? Why you got to sigh like that? How much <laughs> bacon I can eat on a Sunday morning with my coffee. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> 40 is for the people of the Nigerians because they're busy running around chasing their goats. No, 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 no. So 80 pound rule. So actually many people actually probably have heard of it referred to as a 75 pound rule. Because for a long time, the the general gist of the 80-pound rule, the 75-pound rule, was that um, seven, you, if you were going to breed a doe line, that she should weigh at least 75 pounds, or in the case of Nigerians, 40, um, and before you breed her, so that um, she's got proper development or that she's old enough to be able to be bred and to carry the kids to term and to freshen with them easily. Um, now, um, many people still go, go by that. Um, many people will say the 75 pound rule. Um, and that's kind of what, what it means to me. Um, right. You know, uh, same thing. Uh, a kid that my 80 pound rule personally is that a doe kid has to um, be 80 pounds to breed and hopefully um, kids at a year old maybe a shy less maybe a shy more um but that's what we do here now nate do you uh have to weigh your kids before breeding or so do you do when you so do, are you off, doing like tape? What do we what we do? Um, for us this year at least, we've upped it up to actually eighty five pounds. Oh, okay. Okay, we want a little bit more uh, development, but we kind of make it a, a little bit more twofold. We want eighty five pounds and born prior to May first. Okay. Mm-hmm. After May 1st, they're all going to be dry does, even if they do hit 85 pounds. Okay, we just want them to uh, mature out. We want them to grow to the best. If they're growing, if they're 85 pounds and they were born in May, um, they're going to keep growing. And, you know, we want to see what they're going to do first. If they're right. before that, if they're February, or January, or March, even April, we didn't have, we kind of had a gap in April. Um, then uh, we want them to be 85 pounds before we breed them. Now that having mm-hmm. been said, getting to how we determine the weight. Now I know, John, you, right, for Father's Day, was it that you got uh... your scale? I think it was Father's Day or maybe Christmas. Yeah, um, you had somewhere. a oh, your wife gave you this beautiful scale that you can lead the animals up on, and boop boop, it tells you you know digitally how much that animal weighs. Now I've looked up a scale like that, and you know they're ranging around two hundred dollars. You can get one cheaper, um, but for about two hundred dollars, you can buy something like that. I don't know mm. what your wife paid for it. Um, she may have found it on sale. Um, I do think she got like a smoking that. deal. 
I would say she's very clever about finding some smoking deals. So yeah. uh, that's what she does for a living. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, exactly what she does for she, a living. So, but uh, um, the rest of us kind of have to look around, you know, for how do we weigh these animals? So uh, growing up, uh, we all had these, uh, you could go to like Hager, Caprine Supply, especially a convention, which is coming up. Sometimes they give these away as, you know, at the booths, the weight tape. And you put that around uh, the heart girth, which is that point just behind the uh, point of elbow, mm-hmm. up around, you know, just behind the withers where the, you know, loin and withers kind of meet. And you you take the end of the tape and you put, put it over where the end of the tape came to the other side of the tape. There'd be a line and a number. And it might say, you know, We'll just be nice and say that it says uh, 75 or 85 pounds. Then that would tell you that that doling, based upon that unit of measure, that method of measuring, is 75 pounds. Okay. Um, now. Um, well, don't you we... also, isn't there also with the tape measure, if you don't have that one, I'm uh, I was just going to go there. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So the next step, the way we actually do it is, <sighs> I got to re- remember this. Um, it's, it's heart girth. It's heart girth in inches. You measure the heart girth in inches. So you get a tailor's tape, measuring tape. Like for, you could go to the sewing supply store. Mm-hmm. Um, around here, a popular one is Joanne Fabrics. Um, there's Michaels. Or... Oh, Michaels. My wife loves Michaels. Is Michaels the arts and craft one? Yeah. Yeah, Michaels. You know, there's uh, uh, Hobby Lobby, whatnot. You can find these measuring tapes. They're, they're very, they're meant, they're like a tailor's measuring tape. They're yeah. ideal because you can put them around your goat and you get the heart girth. And it's a heart girth times a heart girth times the length and I believe divided by 300. Right. So the okay. length is the withers, the top of the withers to uh, no. the point of the yeah. shoulder. Oh, point of the shoulder. Sorry. Point of the shoulder to the pin bones. Right. From the point of shoulder to the pin bones is your length. So you're going to take the measurement again, just like you would have for uh, the weight tape, the heart girth, which again goes, you know, just po- past the point of elbow there, up around, you know, just behind the withers and the weather, withers and loins meet. Yeah, it should be a you straight can measure line up. What? It should be a straight line up. It should be a straight line up. Um, and, and then you measure that, okay, and you multiply that by itself. Okay, and then you measure the length of the dough from the point of shoulder, which is up there by the brisket. Yep. To the pin bones, which are on either side of the tail head. You multiply mm-hmm. that number, and then you multiply that. Now you divide that by 300. Yeah. Okay. Just make you know, to check my own math here. Just doing an example. 
or no, or time say time show. It sounds like Jen's the one that does this method. No, actually, I do. But um, yeah, so that works. Yeah, so just for example, a doe who has who measures twenty four inches around on the Harker and say twenty six inches long is going to be about fifty pounds based upon this method. Okay. Um, now, last year, a friend of ours, you know, we were all kind of home, right? So a friend of ours, he tried uh, this method with the regular uh, measure, the measuring tape, the measuring, the weight tape. And he had, uh, quite frankly, a hanging scale with a sling. He was able <laughs> to put his dough in his sling comfortably and weigh her. Mm-hmm. And he found that how did he lift her up how smaller dough 50 pound dough 50 pound oh, okay bag. okay 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 um right Alfred, it's brett all right hi he's brett kind of a, he's a big guy okay <laughs> um so he he found that um this method here was generally about three to five pounds less than the weight the dough weighed on the scale. Mm-hmm. The uh, weight tape me- method was like six to seven pounds less than yeah, what they, they say, actually they weighed say it's on like, the scale. Right. They say it's like a couple pounds, give or take, on each side. Uh, so Right. Well, and, and I'm realizing with the measuring tape method, if you get a doe who's narrow but tall, she's going to have a similar measurement but different weight than a doe who's, you know, maybe not as deep right there at the heart girth, but maybe wider. She, she may have a similar measurement, but the two does may have a different belly, barrel, and thereby a different weight. So when you then weigh them, they're going to weigh differently. Um, so, um, it, ideally, if you can weigh them on a scale, if you can get the scale somehow, or that something that you can suspend the animal safely, safely suspend them. Don't just be going and doing that. Um, ideally, you want something the animal can stand on. Yeah, um, it's pretty sweet. Or to be able, or if you're dealing with junior animals, especially if you're in the Nigerian community, maybe you can get good old bathroom scale and you can get on, get your own weight. That's what I did when the first year that we bred our Nigerian dwarves. That's what I did. So I would weigh myself and then I would grab Sophie, pick her up and get back on and just subtract. Exactly. So that's another way to do it. If you're dealing with junior animals, where it's hard is, is when you've got these senior yearlings or these junior yearlings, actually junior yearlings are the hardest because they're good size. And like right now, I'm not allowed to pick up, you know, 50 pounds yeah. or 75 pound, 80 pound animals. 
Um, so I'm not doing it. I'm not making my kids do it, and I'm not asking Jen. So for us, um, we've that's why we've gone to you know the 85 with the measurement system. Well, we'll do the heart girth, heart girth by length, and then go to 85, and that should get us over 80, over 75. Now, you know. knowing your lines that you have now. Uh, do you guys, are there does where you guys don't even bother weighing them? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. well, for example, um, you know, so we have, uh, wait a second here. Uh, we, we've got some dolings that we're going to let them grow. You know, they, they might be, um, they, they might be old enough. They might even weigh enough. But we're going to let them grow. Is it because they don't have that maturity that you like to see? What we what it is, um, for example, uh, we have a doe in Bailey. And we're apt to leave her dry this year because um, we've had two or three generations of sisters out of, of hers that we've been able to see mature. And they they her sisters have freshened with these huge udders on little yearling bodies. Mm -hmm. And we kind of look at those udders and go, well, if you really, they're not much different than the dam's udder, which is cream. When she was a yearling, the difference is cream was a lot. Cream wasn't a yearling. Cream was a first freshening two-year-old. Okay. And so we've decided we're going to give Bailey the op, the chance of being a first freshening two-year-old by keeping her dry this year. She'll be a dry yearling. We'll breed her next year. She'll be a first freshening two-year-old. She'll be a little more mature, a little bit more sized to her, so that when she does get this good-sized daughter on her, it's not like a freak of nature. Right. Um, so... You guys made that choice not because of what a scale would specifically tell you. You made that choice because you know your lines. Exactly. Um, and that's one of the things that you've got to do. You've got to know your bloodlines. Um, we do have two little um, – well, they're not so little anymore. They're actually still growing on us. Uh, two uh, yearling milkers from this past year, um, you know, Maggie and Maybe. Um, maybe is Mary Max Littermate. And uh, we freshen them out as a yearling first fresheners. And, you know, we did that because, A, we didn't know that bloodline very well. And we wanted to see what it produced. Um, and produced beautiful mammaries on these two little does. Uh, who are, are very stylish little does, but they're smaller. And as such, this year's sisters, we'll say, um, many of them that are born later, that's where we put that that month restriction. The ones that mm -hmm. were born in May are all being held back as dry. Um their okay. February and March born sisters are good size. Um, 
So knowing that bloodline, that it's a slow growing, that it needs a full spring to grow, um, we're leaving leaving some of those dry um, because they, we feel they need more time to grow. Um, right. So a question that one would ask themselves, and I'm going to answer this one first, Nate, since you've uh, been crushing it. Uh, <laughs> so question you ask yourself is why do you breed your kids to freshen as yearlings and in my barn I have uh, different types in my barn I have three different lines now um, and really one doe uh, I'm going to breed because quite frankly her dam who was left as a dry yearling uh was just fat yeah she just put it on and she had very very minimal grain i mean very minimal and she just got fat and um, and her first freshening she milked okay uh didn't have a super capacious udder and she didn't milk it off so then this year she probably would have been in the same boat maybe uh but she died so i don't know but uh she was quite large as a first freshening two-year-old and her one ring that she saw as a doe and milk. Uh, it was evident that that was one of the reasons why. Uh, <laughs> so her daughter who, although is a little bit different in style with a lo longer body and, um, and more dairiness to her, uh, she, is still the biggest kid in my barn. Uh, and my kids are very close in age. And she's already, I'm sure if I threw her on the scale right now, she'd probably be at least 85 pounds, uh, if not more. And I mean, she's, I, you've seen pictures, Nate. She's, there's pictures of her head button with Mary Mac, who's a dry yearling, and she's yep. just about as big. Um, yep. Now, Mary Mac is a little bit smaller, but not that small. She's not like coccidia small you know no um, no that that's a bloodline thing there yeah 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 so that's well that's another well, thing she's, these, these smaller does i'm talking about mm -hmm. mary mac's a half sister right and mary mac was an april kid yep see see so, so she just hasn't grown as fast which i'm glad i didn't freshen her out because she's um i just don't think she would have done as well so there's does like Mary Mac who are slower growing, uh, which is why she was left as a dry yearling. Uh, then there's another doe uh, who's just a moose and she'd get too fat, wouldn't show well. And honestly, I don't want fat does. I, I want nice, sleek, trim does. Um, I have two other doe kids in my barn who one I'll probably freshen. If Tierney, if you're listening, let me let me breed her. Uh, but <laughs> please, 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 Martini, but, please, please, please. I mean, <laughs> if she's not bred, she should do okay. Uh, her her dam wasn't was bred as a yearling, or, or I'm sorry, bred as a junior kid. Um, but I don't think she would have gotten overly fat if she was left dry. And then the other kid, uh, she had leg issue uh, when she was a kid, and. I think freshening her and putting that extra weight on her that fast uh, would just be detrimental to her health. Um, so she's going to be left uh, dry as well. 
Um, so there's different le- reasons to look at it, and and you do need to know your lines specifically uh, when you're looking at this 80-pound rule. Now, there's a million ways to skin a cat, and everybody does it differently. The 80-pound rule, as we're calling it here, is not end-all, be-all. Uh, there are people that don't even weigh their juniors. They just look at them and say, okay, she's ready. Uh, they see yep. them hit that peak in maturity because they do hit a peak in maturity when they're juniors uh, and, and slow down um, and, and grow as they're bred or if they're left dry, they'll grow um, throughout the winter. Uh, but really that huge spurt, you see it kind of uh, peter off Yep. towards their, uh, let's see, March, towards seven, eight months old. Uh, you'll see them kind of start to slow down a little bit. So uh, you just really need to know what's happening in your barn with your lines. I'm going to throw in here, you know, something else with these yearlings or these dry yearlings or these milking yearlings as they will be all be. The other thing to consider as to whether or not to breed your kids or your junior does um, is your buck. Does your buck throw big kids? If you buck those big kids, you may want to think about maybe not, maybe 85 pounds is not enough. You know, I've heard of people saying, you know, they, some of the larger breeds might go, you know, 95 or more. Yeah, um, some people breed them at a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a buck with those big kids, that's something to consider. Um, the other thing is I, Spoke to a Nigerian dwarf breeder uh, this week. Yes, I do do that. Um, and uh, he was holding back on uh, Junior Doe, not going to breed her till she's a yearling, because her she was one of four kids, quads. Her dam was one of four kids. Her granddam was one of four kids. So th- there's a tendency here to throw quads. And he didn't want this this junior doe. He didn't feel she was ready to carry quads yet. Well, I had Nigerian that carried, uh, I think it was quads, maybe triplets. Maybe it was triplets. Um, as a first freshener, granted, she was two. So I guess this holds no weight. Um, when she freshened, but uh, she did well for a first time. Right, but she, I I find that with Nigerians, there's a right. Like that's why I said like, but not as a yearling. No wait. So, but I feel like with Nigerians, depending on the sire and uh, whatnot, if they have multiples, I would much rather have a first freshener have multiples than have a, a single. Do you not agree? I I. I... Yeah, I mean, multiples tend, tend to be a little smaller. A they tend to be a little smaller. Yeah, those for bucks, single buck kids, man. That's that's a, almost, it's not. Nobody gets scared at this. It's almost like a death sentence. I swear those single buck kids are the largest thing out there. Um, oh, it's just, it's, let's see. I, I had too it? many of those this year. I've been lucky where I've had one single buck kid born on our farm 
and it was a first freshener and it was a pull. He was a moose. This was before we induced, before they freshened, and it was not fun. So I could, and she was thankfully a two year old when she freshened. Um, and this is something that you have to think about when you decide if you want to breed these juniors uh, to freshen when they're a year old. Uh, right. it's, it's really something that, like, do do you really need to freshen these juniors, um, or or can you wait? In my case, I freshen them because I don't want them to get fat because in certain lines. And honestly, I have new bucks. I want to see those udders. Um, as crazy and, and, and stupid as that may sound, that's a factor. That is a factor, and that's why we our two little milking yearlings. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're little, they're, you know, a hundred and hundred pounds, 110 pounds right now. Um, mm-hmm. but they're only really the main reason they got bred was we wanted to see udders. It was a new buck and we wanted to see what did he produce. Okay. Yeah. He produced some really nicely shaped udders. Okay. We're really pleased with that, but it's, seeing those udders and knowing how they're producing that we've decided that dolings who are the same age or size that those two were when they were bred won't get bred this year. You know, we're going to, we'll hold off now, you know, you know, why do you, why do we breed our kids? You know, you've kind of hit on it, you know, size. Um, you know, do we think that they're, do they have in their bloodline the propensity to uh, be overweight? Um, are they slow growers? What are the bucks we're using? Yeah. Um, I mean, so the, 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 there is one other reason to uh, to do it. And I've John, can you spare me this this one little poem I can read about a doe in our barn? <laughs> oh. Please go for it. Actually, I didn't write it. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. My, my wife wrote this after having put the dough into a uh, solitary confinement for the umpteenth time in a week. <clears throat> so Naughty Natty is in solitary again. She's just like her Aunt B jumping out of her pen. She likes to soar. She likes to fly. She doesn't want to cause trouble. She just wants to come say hi. We don't need any broken bones. She's happy and fed. Time to make her heavier. Time to get her bread. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the great. other reason. You have a dough. <laughs> She's of size. She's a pain in the butt. Uh, there are breeders who will say, Breeder, once she's got a kid in there, she's not going to be jumping so much. Yeah. Um, I'll let and, you know how well that works. This, <laughs> well, luckily, this dough, this dough is, I would say, over that 85-pound threshold. Um, she is of a bloodline that grows good and large. Her Aunt B is mentioned in that uh, poem. And uh, good large milking yearling, her aunt, um, and her dam is of good size. 
So well, I hope I hope it works out for you, bud. <laughs> we do too. If not, we may have a, a milking yearling for sale. Yeah, um, <laughs> right there with you, bud. You know, and and this is all the gives and takes, though, and the things to consider when you're trying to decide: Am I breeding this junior kit, though? Yeah. You know? Not junior sure. kid. This this junior animal. Not this junior yes. kid. Yes. Yeah, We're not maybe. breeding the junior kids. Junior kids are next year's dry yearlings. Okay. Yeah. Um now, do you feel that yearlings grow better as a first freshener or as a dry yearling? Well, uh huh? I personally feel that my yearlings this was the first year that we freshened yearlings. Uh, these these now milking yearlings freshened and matured after freshening a lot better than any animals I've had in my herd prior of the same age. Now, is that because my husbandry and management has gotten better through these years of learning as I go? Maybe, but honestly, having a gem daughter, um, that was a dry yearling versus a gem daughter that was a milking yearling. Um, I can see real improvement there. And I got to say, it's probably because they were freshened. You know, they weren't, she's not fat. She looks dairy. She's matured slowly, but nicely um, to the point where she's a very sizable doe. Um, shoot. What did I say to you the other night when I pulled out my doe page, Nate? She's longer and almost taller than Jem, who's going on nine. Yeah. So now you give that doe some time though, and she's gonna be yeah, just gorgeous. Yeah. So I think that there's a propensity to breed these yearlings, um, just to watch them mature a little bit faster. Uh, but it's really a a personal decision, wouldn't you say? I, I would say it, it's a it, it's a personal decision, but it's something where you, you should weigh your pros and your cons, mm-hmm. the gives and the takes, and and consider your bucks, consider that bloodline of that that damn line. You know, we, you know, I will tell you, we've got. Uh, does actually we've got there's those two does that milking yearlings I told you about that are smaller Maggie and maybe they have a half sister uh, Maeve same age actually Maeve is is the barn what that year was the barn baby mm-hmm. the youngest the, the last kid um Maeve might be maybe an inch taller at the withers than Maggie and maybe. But I don't think there's much. If it's an inch, it's, you know, it's not much. Um, The only, the main difference is because Maggie and maybe are milking, they may be way a little less than Maeve does. Right. Maeve's a dry yearling who's getting fed with the, rest of the herd and and so she's you know she doesn't have to produce anything she's Maggie a little maybe fluffy. are milking and but at the same time they get feed on the milk stand 
and with a hurt. Right. Um, you know, it really, the thing to do is when they're all dried off to see what they look like, you know, do they, are they similar? Um, I think Maeve might be a little bigger, but the question is, I guess when it comes time for that kid to come out, is Maeve going to have a easier time as a first freshener than Maggie and maybe did? Right. You know, um, and that's something to consider. I mean, right. Well, it's like, it, I yeah. took into consideration with these, this new venture that Tierney and I have gone under with the Guernseys. Um, mm-hmm. They're April kids and yeah, they might, they might get up to size. Uh, by the time I usually am done breeding, right? Uh, but is it worth it to me to freshen these goats out when I don't know exactly how they're going to grow? No, not at all. Especially since they're a li- they're um, not qu- not a ton smaller, but they're definitely smaller than my overs. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to leave them dry just because I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do. Um, and frankly, we don't need to freshen out that many. Uh, but even if that was an option, I don't think we'd do it. I think we're, we'll be happy to get them shown as dry yearlings and hopefully get a leg on each of them if we can. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally a dealer's choice. What do you want to do? There's a million ways to skin this particular cat. And everybody from Cameron Jodlowski to Nate Funk to John Kane, to Sally Grable, to Brandon Giacchino, all these different people are going to do it a little bit different, um, but they're going to have the same goals in mind of them freshening healthy and having healthy kids. Um, You know, nobody wants to breed an undersized animal. It can and does happen, um, but just, you know, know what your lines do, um, or if you don't know what these new lines that you just bought do, reach out to the breeder that you bought them from and see what they think. Um, yeah. But just, just be thoughtful about your breeding. Um, just, you know, you should be thoughtful with timing, just as thoughtful as you are with these pairings that you make. You know, and that might be even something to think about when you're buying them, when you're buying these, these animals, if you're buying a new, find out from the breeder, you know, mm-hmm. would you breed them as a kid, you know, for, to be a first freshening yearling? Breeder, if they're honest, is going to be going to tell you yes or no. You know, right? Yep. And you because the breeder's going to know the bloodlines. Yeah. Um. So that's excellent advice. Yeah, go for it. Well, I think I think we've touched on just about all of it. I know I say that every week. Every week I listen every back, week. And, and, and then somebody and comes that. back tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow morning after we post this on on Monday. They'll be like, hey, what about this? And we'll be like, oh, we forgot about that. Well, how long do we want to sit here, right? <laughs> well, hey, we got all night. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think that's a good place to stop. If anyone has any other questions, yeah, reach out to us. We'd be happy to, to either address it in another podcast or yeah. to get right back to you. Uh, we, we try to get, you know, answer the questions on our page. So for sure oh and folks our our feedback uh although we have some entries we get a lot of repeat questions uh so if you want to send us a feedback question 
You can either message us on Facebook, Ringside and American Dairy Goat Podcast, or on our Instagram, which is Ringside. Uh, I think it's under. I want to make sure I get the username I'd right. Say, you you got to get this right. Come on. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. It's a ringside underscore goat underscore podcast. So you can reach us on there and we'll potentially answer it here on the podcast. Um, yeah. Next, I I have so many guests lined up, Nate. Would you say I have upwards of eight to ten lined up? Well, let's get them on. Come on. Well, there's a reason why I brought that up, buddy. So everybody knows this is breeding season. This is a time where you're getting hay in your barns and uh, everything buttoned up before winter. Uh, so I have eight to ten guests lined up. It's just a lot of them are busy. So um, for various reasons. So we do have some exciting guests that haven't even been on the show before. <gasps> lined up. I know. Imagine that. Wow. Um, but. Uh, they'll be on soon, sooner than later. I, I uh, look forward to it. Some of uh, them we've are, got some are... cool. Well, everybody's cool to talk to. I love talking goats to anybody, but uh, some of these guests, I think our listeners will be super excited for. Awesome. So. All right. Well, Nate, you go to bed. It's time to get ready for your work day tomorrow. And same yeah. here. Uh, everybody, this has been ringside an American dairy goat podcast. I'm Nate. <laughs> I'm You're not Nate. Nate. I'm John. So <laughs> we each get called each other's names at shows. Thanks, everybody. Right. Good night. Later, folks. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.